Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, and before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or log a ride with our friend at Zwift, joining me like in every other podcast. And we thought we would be physically meeting again, but we're not, uh, because we're doing this via Zoom, is Dave McKenzie. Hi, Dave. Ah, uh, Christoph, I'm not too bad. I'll tell you what, I'm with you. We thought we were out of the woods and now we've just been pushed back in here in Melbourne. We've just got to suck it up, don't we? Absolutely. And it's probably for our own safety and everybody else around us. So uh, we are not going to criticize this here on this podcast. Uh, joining us, and actually it's quite funny because we talked to all those athletes, funny inverted comma, of course, uh, but we talked about all this with all those athletes over the past few months uh, that were in lockdown and we're not, we were not so much into lockdown, but this time around is a reverse. Uh, joining us from Andorra, it's Cameron Worth. How are you, Cameron? Hey, guys. Hey, exactly. I mean, hey. <laughs> we would have probably been together right now, you know, during the tour, of, you know, covering some of the, a couple of the stages, uh, um, would have obviously well, well into it now. So I think they would have been pretty close to the Pyrenees, wouldn't they? So I probably would have been um, out there chasing some riders around with Mac with a microphone. And You're rubbing it in, Cam. <laughs> You're rubbing no, it I know. in. This is you have no idea, you have no idea how hard <laughs> this is to hear. No, it is crazy though. I mean, you, you literally, we just lost. I mean, you guys now have obviously gone into lockdown. I mean, we lost three months, <laughs> three months of our lives just got wiped out. I mean, we were, I was out, I was out running, and I guess that was in March. I uh, did a, like a long run. I was out running for like two and a half hours. But my wife dropped me in town, and I ran through the valley. I ran back to the swimming pool just down the road to go for a swim. And in that time, that was when you know the the crap hit the fan, so to speak, and the whole country did just shut. And I got to the pool and they said, Cameron, you can't come in. We're closed. From midday, the country's closed. And I was, I was like, you know, like, what, what the hell does that mean? And they said, it means go home. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn so uh but first yeah, of all I, before we uh, before we go down into cycling i can see on the video you got a french rider t-shirt yeah I, I happen to know it's one of your favorite t-shirts you got during the lockdown it is it is it's actually so that was the thing first thing i did i got home and uh, here in Arensol, there's this little supermarket and i raced i mean i i love it it's like the the your favorite little corner store it has your you know your bread your lollies and your your favorite drinks and cold beers in the fridge and all the things that you need urgently. And um, I raced up there, panic bought all the toilet paper and people were sort of looking at me because I don't think word had spread all the way up the valley at that point. They're thinking, why is Cameron spending, you know, a hundred times as much as he usually spends in the local store? Anyway, then as the lockdown went on, that store became our salvation. And um, yeah, it became like a mini department store, you know, I had a, cl a clothing line, which is, you know, my favorite, this is my favorite shirt that I got during the time. And, <laughs> yeah, it was great to support that little shop and, you know, the, the camaraderie. And Simon Clark lives just up the road. He was hilarious. He, um, he's got a terrace and, I mean, the weather's usually pretty amazing here. And he had his uh, kicker outside on the terrace doing his swift and everything else. And I'd walk past because we, 
we, I had a dog, I've got a dog and I had a pregnant wife. So we kind of, I got the luck out with uh, daily exercise because you got the high risk and you got the animal that you have to walk. So I'd be out there and walk up and see Simon, have a wave. And then, you know, I'd go and stand below his balcony and have a bit of a chat to him. But pissed myself one day, I looked up and I saw this big umbrella. And I thought, what on earth is going on there? He's under this umbrella, like I thought, protecting him from the sun. So I walked up and I said, oh, Simon, nice, nice brolly. He said, yeah, mate, it's meant to rain. I was like, looked around, no clouds. Anyway, went up to the shop. 15 minutes later, I was getting apps. There's Simon peddling away underneath his big umbrella, you know, getting his we, session in now outside still. So We did, we did a, a podcast with Simon, actually, and then uh, we saw the, the snowman. Him and his daughter, yeah. I think, uh, built. That was uh, that was cute. What are you up to these days? Because if we put the situation, uh, you've signed in for signing onto the Ineos team, uh, but you you're pretty much their go-to guys if anything happened to any of the other riders. But all of a sudden, since you signed, the season was turned upside down. Does that change the way you prepare yourself to be ready at the drop of a hat? I guess I'm the one that hasn't really affected. You know because. Doing Ironman, I train all the time anyway and race very little. You know, I mean, last year, I really only raced a couple of times before Hawaii. Um, so, yeah, 12 months, three race days, it's not that much. <laughs> so, training for me is, uh, is not an issue, but absolutely, that was, that was the sort of the deal. Um, I went to the team camp for the first time in December last year, the whole team. Normally, I'd just done camps with a few of the guys and um, obviously the guys that live here in Andorra. Um, I, I train with them, you know, on a daily basis. But this was the first time with the whole team. And, you know, it was great to be around everyone as opposed to select few and staff and so forth. And, you know, there was a few comments that it'd be great if I was a bit more involved with the team. And that was why I was there to sort of see how I could fit in, um, maybe do more camps or, you know, help them with some different things, um, product development, etc. And, yeah, it was actually Dave that said it. You know, it was a shame they had a full roster at that point. They had 30 riders because um, it would have been, if I was, you know, interested, it would have been great to see if I was, if I'd like to do some more racing. And and I sort of, Tim had mentioned that often I'm at a camp with the guys and, you know, I'm, I'm obviously going pretty well um, from a training perspective. And then they'll go to a race, there'll be a guy short and they could have sort of taken me. So that was where we left the conversation. And, um, it was more for next year, I guess, when they were looking at the roster and building out the roster for 2021. And, and then when Kirienko retired, yeah, they just straight away put me on. And that was about six days before Cadell's race. And then obviously the next thing was, well, you haven't raced for six years, so we need to see where you're at. So they, I was in LA and they, they shot me across to, to Geelong and there I was on the start line. So as things would happen, I mean, I've actually raced more than most pros this year. <laughs> Did that race and then our Garve um, back here in Europe. And then, and then we obviously got locked down. But, um, you know, the, the plan was never to go back to full-time racing. It's, it's to do what I'm doing, focus on Kona, but be, be ready whenever, uh, more as a supplement to my training and to fill a hole for the team to avoid them having to pull a rider from elsewhere to fill a roster, you know, often, and then you get the trickle down effect of that. It affects the roster for the next race and the next race. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit more used than an empty space and I can hang in the races and, um, and contribute in some way. So um, yeah, that was, uh, that was the planning behind it all. So. 
And I'll probably be a lot more busy now if the season goes ahead as scheduled. I was going to say, Cam, the way things have unfolded now, the we'll probably have hopefully three months of flat-out racing, maybe a bit more, yeah. and there's every chance, I suppose, mm. you'll get some racing, and there's also a chance you might you might end up doing a grand tour. Does that excite you? Because obviously the Giro and Vuelta overlap. And there's yeah. always riders get injured or sick, but there's that possibility, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the plan. The plan is that, I mean, I'm on standby. I'm literally on standby for everything. Um, so, of course, that starts, you know, right now I'm here. I've, I've, we've just had a, a bit of a camp um, uh, here in Andorra. And uh, I guess half the tour group are in, are in Isla. The other half were, were kind of here. And then, obviously, Egan's not. He's in Colombia still. Now, next week, the guys, again, they go to Tenerife and then Egan will come here and train with me. Uh, so I'm literally on standby for everything. Um, so, you know, if I'm not needed, obviously, in the first, the first two big ones, then, um, you know, I'll be required to race the welter, I'd say, almost certainly. But personally, also, the, I guess, fortuitously, Kona, not fortuitously, obviously, I wish that everything was normal, but... Kona's been postponed until February next year. So I have got an opportunity to really throw myself into the, into the racing um, and be available even more. And uh, with that, my first objective is to try and make the world's team, um, the road race team. I'd really love to, yeah, <laughs> be, be there and, and, and the time trial if possible. So that's my focus at the moment. So the first... The first block, you know, there's all obviously the guys getting ready for the tour and the Giro, which are the priority. Um, so I guess that's more stage racing focus for those guys and you're taking out more than half the team. So, you know, there's quite a lot of opportunities with all the one-day races in August and September. And that's an area of the racing that I haven't ever really done a lot of. And I think it's where I'll benefit the most because, you know, it's the old thing. You, the thing you don't really want to do is is probably what you need to do. So um, that's that's the first initiative, the, the first initial um, targets for me. And I think I'll end up being pretty busy in Italy and, and so forth in uh, in August and September leading up to, to Worlds. But how do you how do you keep yourself uh, sort of fit and, and ready for anything? I mean, it could be Strade Bianca, it could be Roubaix, if anything, it could be one of the Grand Tours. Uh, how does that work in terms of your planning, your personal life, your health, your fitness, because you, you can't be, I mean, maybe you are, but you can't be hundred percent all the time. Or do you have to be hundred percent all the time? Yeah. I guess the thing about Ironman training is it's just a hell of a lot of exercise. It's not a lot of high end um, training. I mean, and so for me at the moment, having not really trained hard on the bike for five or six years, I mean, everything I do, even when I, when I train with the guys at the camps, you know, it's all very controlled efforts. And then when I'm racing in an Ironman, I generally in a fair bit of control of the race in the bike. So I'm never really extending myself. So having, adding that stimulus back in is, is actually at the moment really exciting. Um, doing the threshold efforts and stuff above that. And, um, you know, Amador and I were racing each other side by side up the climbs during the camp and um, Sivakov, you know, and I are always going at it hammer and tongs. So, you know, at the moment, it's all a bit fresh and new, and, and it is. It's, it's a different stimulus to what I've had for the last five years, so um, I'm absolutely loving it. But as far as being prepared for anything, I mean, an Ironman, man, there's a lot that can happen in an Ironman. Firstly, you're obviously doing three different sports. You're out there for eight hours. 
you go through so many different moments, you know, where you're getting your butt spanked to you think you're going to crush the world to you're feeling great to you run out of fuel to you're thirsty to you're hot to you're freezing. And so I think having that, had those experiences, getting thrown into anything just doesn't really phase me, certainly on a physical. I mean, I know that at the end, it's probably going to be okay. I'm confident that I'm a reasonable level athlete um, and that I can, worst case scenario, suffer a bit more than I otherwise would have in a, in a race that I'm a bit out of my depth in. And um, yeah, I, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to have a crack at anything, you know? And, and I, think that's, uh, I think that's more just sort of the fact due to my sporting background and the, and the sport that I currently do, you know, you have to be adaptable. You, you don't have any choice in this sport. It's, it's part of it. And so you mentioned a few of the guys you've been riding with, your teammates and, and obviously Clarky. And there's a, quite a contingent, as we know, live in Andorra. What's the general feel been? We've spoken to a few of the riders as well, obviously. But what's the general feel now as we edge closer to that restart of the season? We're all crossing our fingers. Cyclists, you know, people like us in the media as well. What's the general feel, though, with, with the other riders you talk to about getting started? But it's coming around really quick. You know, I mean, we're talking about weeks now and it feels like not that long ago we were sort of told to sort of, okay, start, sort of get going. And yeah, I guess you're, uh, I guess sort of really highlighting as well. I mean, you can see by the state of some of the guys who kept their crap together during, during lockdown, you know, who got in a routine, who kept training, who kept fit. Um, and the thing is, you know, I think, I mean, Garrett Thomas made a really good point in an interview that it's, I mean, these guys are all at a very high level, you know, and they can get fit really, really quick, you know, get in race shape. But if you haven't done the work all through that period, then at some point in the grand tour, you're going to really suffer. You know, you're going to get found out in three weeks and also as the season rolls on. Um, So I think that and the awareness of that, you kind of see, some guys really panicking to get going, hoping to make a big bang at the start. Also not knowing if it's going to go too long, you know, the season, if there's going to be a problem or whatnot. So I, I would say that you see, you, you certainly feel a more of an anxiousness um, around the place of guys wanting to be in really top shape, sort of feeling like they need to do something straight away. And, you know, in case they either can't hold on to their form or the season ends early. So, um, yeah, there's quite a quite an intensity about the place. I mean, yesterday, movie star, you know, here for a camp. I mean, we had ours. We, we were obviously the first. Ineos is always just one step ahead. We were here a couple of weeks ago. Um, <laughs> EF have got a car here following some guys around. Um, Mitchelton, obviously. Um, so, you know, I saw uh, Valverde here yesterday with the, with, the, with the guys as well. So, you know, a lot of the top guys are right here in, Mon- here in Andorra. Um, and um, it feels like you're at a race. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're certainly always looking over your shoulder every time you start an effort. You don't want one of them passing you. So, yeah. If we if we talk about the team, um, what's the atmosphere in a team? We like in the media, we all debate about the three throne leaders and who are the leaders, what's happening in a team, and so on. From the inside, what can you tell us about this? We will call it a rivalry, but it's probably not a rivalry. How how is that? shaping how is that happening uh within Ineos you know the 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 three guys that are pretenders to be to be leaders for for the team yeah well for starters the three have earned the right to be leaders you know they've all they've all won the race um I mean and I think it's just testament to 
the team overall. I mean, so many people ask me, what's the difference? Well, I mean, what's so different about, you know, Sky slash Ineos compared to any other teams you've, you've, you've been in or, or taken note of? And the thing is, these days, all the teams have access basically to the same stuff. You know, even, even our team, we've had staff leave, had writers leave, so information goes. You know, there's, there's a lot of similar practices put in, you know, access to equipment and everything. The difference is from Dave Brailsford all the way, and I, we don't use the word down here, but all the way through the organisation, is that everyone just works their ass off. It doesn't matter who you are, what your job is, you do that 100% of your ability and it is obvious. And if you're not, it's obvious and you, you're gone. And that is so infectious. You know, that is so infectious um, as an athlete. You know, it means every day in training. You want to go out and train as hard as you possibly can, do what's asked of you. Obviously, when you get to a race, there's the accountability with that. And, and what that means is that, you know, any guy, you know, it's, it's not just a good team, it's a great team. It sort of seems that anyone can slot into that system if you fit well and, and succeed. So, you know, it's, it means that those three guys are all capable of, <laughs> of winning um, with that team's support. And proven over the last eight years. I mean, people question it and whatever. It's like, well, but how can you? I mean, they've, they've had four different winners from the one team, you know, in eight years. I mean, it's incredible. And, hey, who knows? Maybe Pavel Sivakov will win this year. I mean, that's, <laughs> you just don't. It's, uh, it could be someone else, you know. You just don't know. So actually, on this cam, uh, how does that feel for you to join you know, in football, you would say the Real Madrid or the Barcelona. Uh, you know, there's probably uh, inverted comma, once again, a love-hate from the public. You, you love a winner, but you also love an underdog. Uh, you join the top of the crop, okay? We can say it's top of the crop. You join the Barca, you join the Real. Uh, how does that fit mentally for you? Yeah, I guess from a personal point of view, I, I had no intention of coming back to racing. If I was ever going to, it would only be with this team. I mean, it's sort of, I guess, arrogant as that sounds. It's true. I didn't need to come back. So um, that's such a huge honour for me. Um, but, uh, I mean, certainly in Geelong, you know, on the start line, you, I was nervous as hell of being the first guy dropped, you know, on the best team. That You know, you just don't do that. You want to make sure you're... you're that, would have, that would have given us great banter as commentators. Triathletes um, going out the back. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately for the cycling world, I was the first one to put it in the gutter and blow the race apart. So um, that kind of... That was, uh, that was a good way to kill that. You know, all the guys came up after that when the race settled down and, you know, said, oh, well... Good to see you back. Nothing's changed. And um, that was good. But even back to what you were saying before with the guys, I guess the way they deal with that leadership sort of thing differently. I mean, G has had the experience of 2018 where he wasn't the leader of the team. You know, he was told during the race, you're not the leader. You know, you're like, he was told that if something happens, you know, in the team time trial, we're, we're not going to wait for you. You know, we're going to keep going. And um, that for him was a great experience you know it meant that even last year where there was with Egan there you know he he dealt with that sort of thing really well I guess Chris is the only one that sort of um you know feels or speaks out as far as being you know talks about wanting to be the leader or or any sort of discomfort with having to worry about dealing with with multiple leaders 
because I guess when Chris is, although, you know, when he had the experience with Bradley, he obviously didn't win. Um, Bradley won. So then Chris was the undisputed leader every time he won the tour. So, and then Egan, it's the same as G. You know, he went to the tour with an opportunity, um, you know, as a semi-protected guy, but with the guy that had won the race the year before who ended up helping, you know, him, you know, with the way that tactics played out. So I guess you kind of got two different sides there. You got, you got Egan and G who have dealt with this before and, and seem to be getting on with it. And then you've got Chris, I guess, who's sort of making the headlines and, um, you know, obviously coming back from an injury and, and all of that. And uh, I think the great thing about the race this year is that those first few days are so brutal that, you know, you're going to have to be ready and it's going to sort itself out pretty fast. And like I said, there could even be a surprise <laughs> and someone else might be up there. Um, I'm really interested in, in uh, Chris and, and his form. I mean, we know he's been back training for a while now and he's even raced, but there's still, I guess, from the general public and fans of the sport, we're all waiting to see how good Chris Froome is going to be. You're on the inside. You obviously speak to him, you train with him. From two years ago and longer when you were training with Froomey and now post-accident and back, where's he at? I, I want to see him back at his best. Well, do you think we'll get that? Well, from a training perspective, absolutely. I mean, I think when we did our first team race, he was the big surprise. Um, people might say I was, but I'd say more he was. I mean, knowing how hard an ergo is, if he was going to get found out, having to apply pressure to the pedals for, you know, 40 plus minutes like that, I think was spoke volumes of, of how far his rehab had come. And um, the guys were in Isla, obviously, um, last week. And, and Pavel said that from the start to the finish, the one that improved the most over the course of the camp was Froome. And by the sounds of it, that would indicate, you know, that he is probably certainly back to doing the training that he is able to do. And, and that's where I also get to what I said before, you know, mentally these guys, especially when you've been there, they can get themselves back to that point, particularly in training. You know, they know what they need to do. They've done it before. They, they can sort of will their, will their bodies to be able to do the work required. What you can't see is what impact that time away has had. And, you know, as in Chris's case, it's actually been quite some time. You know, I mean, it's been really since the tour in 2018 that we've really seen Chris do a lot in racing. You know, he had an extended break after that, after having a, a huge run of doing, you know, the, the tour, the Welter, the Giro, the tour, um and and then and obviously he had each things he dealt with during that time which are obviously hugely fatiguing um he had quite a slow start to the year last year he was getting going in the in the Dauphiné it looked like he was sort of back to his best and then the crash happened so it's been a long time since we've seen Chris at that level and um and that's the thing you know I think for Chris to be have a successful tour I think those first few days are going to be the big one for him you know I mean that's where I don't doubt he can come good in the third week but you know will he be ready at the start will his body respond to that because it's going to be more intense than normal without a doubt with all the guys freshness and and all of that and and that's even personally you know I've, I've spent the last few years training with those guys I mean we, we the reason I train with those guys is because I can that's Tim Kerrison has me around them because we do similar stuff I push them they push me Yet, when I went into a bike race, I mean, dealing with the peloton and the surges and the movements, I mean, all right, I hadn't suffered like that in 
I can't even remember it feeling like that. You know, it's, it's very, very different to the controlled, you know, environment of racing. So, um, and, you know, we can't, we can't dispel that Chris has had quite a long, long way away from it. Um, he's not a historic motor pace or anything. In fact, I wouldn't say historic. He doesn't do it. We've never done that. Ever. He doesn't motor pace. Never. Really? Never. Never, really? ever done yeah. anything like that in training. Um, so he's very much races, gets him, it's, you know, he's used to that rhythm. He likes to obviously race a lot. He's always doing multiple grand tours. So, you know, two years away from that, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm not so concerned. I, a hundred percent he's recovered and that guy mentally has got his body back to perfect. I, I'm more worried for him about after got, sort of, not that I'm saying I'm the same thing, but having had the experience myself of, of being in great shape and being able to train hard and ride at that level in, in, in training, the difference of then actually being able to apply that in racing is, uh, is quite different. So I think that for Chris, those first races in August, um, getting through those training races, if we can see a, a progression through there, I think, I think it's a pretty good sign that this, the, the old Chris Froome is back and, and you know, we, we're going to see some great performances from him in the future. And, and how much does he want this fifth tour? You know, we all talk in the media about the, uh, this target of the fifth tour. From the inside, mentally, how much is this playing on his mind? Yeah, there's no doubt that that's, I mean, when you have, I guess when you go to an injury like that, you need something more than just a will to come back to, to really drive you. And, but when I talk to him about it, we don't talk about number five. We talk about number five, six, seven, and eight. He doesn't want to just win it once more. He wants to win it multiple times more. Um, but to get to six, he's got to win number five first. So, um, yeah, for him, absolutely. I mean, that's all he's focused on. And, and that's his main goal is to win as many Tour de France's as possible. I mean, at his point in his career, there's nothing else he can do. He's won everything. Um, so, well, bar worlds and Olympics, I guess. But in, in what he specializes in, he has. He's won the whole, the whole shebang. So, um, yeah, you know, that number five is, is a means to an end for him to, to get to going for number six. <laughs> so, and, I, and just back on yourself, Cam, we know you've got to be ready at any moment. I mean, surely, surely you like to dream a little bit. I mean, anyone would in your position that you just could get that call up to the tour. Because as a, as a super domestique, and I'm not pissing in your pocket, but you fit, that, you fit that role. You're that big engine. You can climb. You can ride on the flat. Um, do you dream a little bit about that yourself? Because it's, it's a possibility, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I just say to the guys, I mean, I, I know I'm training well and obviously I'm surrounded by the guys that are doing the race. Um, are you shouting for any coffees? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't need to do that. But um, <laughs> that probably wouldn't, be, wouldn't go down well trying to drive in this team. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, I just always say, I know the reality of the situation. I realized that that could happen, you know, from, from some bizarre reason. And I, I've just learned over the past few years. I mean, I shouldn't, didn't even know I'd even be in sport, let alone competing at this level in one sport, let alone having the opportunity to, to race my bike again at the highest level. I just, you know, expect the unexpected, you know, be prepared for anything and, and just be ready to take that opportunity, you know, um, if and when it comes and, uh, but absolutely, knowing that that's a possibility does give me extra impetus in training um, to make sure. When you get sure a chance, 
I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, will you get a chance? Not so much they'll say, okay, if you prove yourself here, you're in. But will you get an opportunity, do you think, to at least put your case forward at a race or in training or? Uh, well, training, I've, I've, I guess I've already done it. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, being around the guys and then I think the fact that I'm here now, um, the guys are going to go to Tenerife and I'm here with Egan, you know, I guess is who I haven't spent time with before. Um, so training-wise, they, they know my value to the, to the guys. Um, the past years, the guys I've trained with have all done well, not, not because of my training, but I guess I bring a different element to the whole, whole thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I, I just, I know that it's the best team in the world. And I've said all along, people, you know, with, with Kona, people were like, oh, is that still the priority? I mean, of course it's the priority. But at the end of the day, this is a team of 30 guys. You know, it's a team, it's a team of, you know, 100 plus employees, a much bigger organisation when you look at Ineos and Jim Radcliffe and the whole, whole thing. Um, they are going to take the best guys to the tour. And if I go out and race in August, you know, I've trained well, I go and do my job, I do some great races, and you're one of the best, they're not going to leave you out. <laughs> so they're going to take the best team. Um, am I gunning for any race or do I know of any opportunity I've got to approve? Hell no. I, I have no idea. But if I am at a race, I mean, I'm just going to do the best I possibly can. And um, I know full well that that's a, that's a possibility, um, that they're going to pick the best team and, and you trust the management. I mean, they've done an incredible job. So um, that's something I don't have to worry about. If you're good enough, you're going to be there. I've got an idea, actually. I've got a really good idea. And we careful, might be able... Be careful of his ideas. No, no, this is a really good <laughs> this one. This is a good one, yeah? <laughs> this is a good one. Listen, I, I think SBS, we could somehow share the costs with Ineos so we'll, we'll pay for half of the costs uh, for you to be on the team and you can be like the roving reporter throughout because obviously we're going to be stuck here in Australia. I don't think we're going to make it to Europe for the tour this year, but we do need someone on the ground at the heartbeat. And I mean... I mean we might need a bit of a, a discussion about this with the management. We're, we're a respected organisation. <laughs> Especially on the half and half of the cost. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think if I can um, if I can earn my spot, I don't think anyone will need to worry about paying for it. I think I'll be uh, <laughs> a welcome member of the team and uh, and obviously be able to do as much as I can to to help you guys with that. But but yeah, I mean that's that's it. I mean, as I said all along, it's it's the best team in the world. And if if you're one of the best guys and you're on the roster, they're they're not just going to say, oh well, you know. Cameron's our best guy, but he's not meant to be racing the tour, so we're going to leave him at home. Those days are in sport are long gone. And, mm. and the fact in this sport as well, I mean, not that I've got anything against the tradition of it, it, but the fact that I'm even back in the sport, I think shows how much the sport's moved on. I mean, in the old days, you didn't just walk away and, and then just come back, you know, at the highest level. You'd have to come back and prove yourself, maybe race a heap of times. I mean, I was doing a completely different sport but my qualities as an athlete were recognized um i was a world to a level rider so why would you come back and race at a different level you know i mean you see it in other professional sports all the time footballers coming back you know nba players uh you know car drivers you know and they come back at that level whereas in cycling it seems like oh no you either weren't good enough or you stopped or you you walk you you turned your back on the sport or or whatever there's sort of that 
Whereas, whereas now it's, oh no, if you're one of the best guys, um, welcome back. You know I mean? And do you actually <laughs> think it's a, it could be, it could be a turning point with the sport where, you know, your profile, you know, the way you went off the sport and then came back into the sport and what you became as a, as a triathlete um, could give ideas to other teams saying, hey, we can have the 52 cards, but we need the extra jokers on the side uh, to help us. And that could be a good example for it. Yeah, well, I'd like to think so. I mean, I certainly don't want to make it look like a failure. Uh, but it's not just my team. I mean, there's definitely riders from a lot of teams. And uh, this is some breaking news now, like breaking, breaking, like much more breaking than one of Macca's ideas. Adam Hansen messaged me two days ago asking me how to get his professional triathlon license. So uh, <laughs> I gave right. him all the contacts and, uh, and all of that. Um, but you know, we've had, I've had Mike Woods stop me on the road, literally stop me, pull up on his bike, sort of telling me, yeah, I need to talk to you. Wanting to ask me about swimming and, you know, the running that he, he wants to get into some Ironmans, you know, he wants to, he had a bad fracture in his leg. He wants to help with bone density and get back into the running. And and he feels like, you know, doing an Ironman could be a great little sort of side objective to, to motivate him to get out and do that extra bit. Um, and, um, you know, we've got a lot of guys, you know, Richie Port, obviously, you know, when he's home in Tassie, swims, <laughs> swims his arms off. He even swims in Adelaide when he's at the race, you know, and, and obviously his <laughs> success there, you know. Um, I think there is definitely a place for him as Rodlich. He runs a hell of a lot, um, you know, of, of, of the cross training and, and people identifying it as just making you a better athlete all round. Um, and uh, then that contributing to your performance as a cyclist, I guess, keeping you mentally fresh, you know, it uses some different muscles. So you're getting fit, but not using just your cycling muscles all the time. And, you know, the sport is certainly, you know, the, the, I think the most exciting part, and I know no one wants to hear this, but, you know, people are searching for these little extras through performance, you know, and not what I guess happened in the old days, which is just so exciting to see. I mean, people are saying, Cameron, do you think running's a good idea? And I'll say, have you ever run before? And they'll say, no. And I said, well, no, it's not. You know, <laughs> I said, if you want to learn to run, wait till the off season and just start slow and build up. But then you've got a Michael Volgren who's got quite a running background. And I'll say, yeah, mate, but just make sure that you're not running harder than, you know, you're actually creating any fatigue for yourself because you're a bike rider. But just doing a couple of Ks, five Ks, nice and easy, even going with your wife and just chatting to her. Um, while you're jogging along, I said, that's just going to turn on a heap of connective tissue and, 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 and different muscle memory and just make your legs stronger. And uh, I've noticed now, in, well, he's up in Lavinia. He's running it in Lavinia. I mean, he's running at altitude. So um, You're going to have half of Andorra. You're going to see all these pros. I know what you're doing. You're trying to get them all injured. You'll, have them all, you'll see them all out <laughs> running around Andorra before we know it. Then they'll all have shin splints and really smart. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jimmy Whelan, he's certainly getting quite a bit of running done, but he's, I mean, he's a brilliant runner. Um, I, I always joke that I, I need to train with the women's group. I said to Woodsy about that the other day. I need to get his wife's number because, you know, he's, his wife is a great runner. Um, George Bennett, you know, his, his partner, she's, she's a, an amazing runner. And then, down the road, Dan Martin, Jess, you know, she obviously is run at the Olympics in the 10K and they're, they're all about, you know, that's about my pace. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need to train with the girls here. But uh, so Are you going to take anyway, Eagle running next week? He does run too. He's more of a trail runner though. He goes up in the mountains and just sort of trudges along. Um, he's, 
he's a pretty um, adventurous little guy, to be honest. You know, he's sort of guy. I mean, he lived here in Aronsol, um up until last year. He's now he's moved to Monaco, but um, well, you know, he's moved to Monaco, but he's obviously in Colombia. And when he's coming back, he's coming here. So, but I used to see him just across the road here in the in the river. You know, he'd go training and go and sit in the river and cool his legs down after training. And uh, oh. yeah, up in the up in the trails up behind here. So. Um, yeah, it's it's a very different sport. I mean, that stuff was sh- sort of shunned upon. You know, you should be riding or you should be resting uh, in the old days. Whereas, uh, you know, one of the first things that Froomey and I did together on a camp was we we did a five hour ride We're in Binnaburra up on the uh, up in um, up on the Gold Coast out out behind Mount Tambourine. Binnaburra is the place, and um, we stopped there and and Tim said, right, we'll, we'll do a bit of a trail run, and we ran twenty one k uh with tim as well so you know um yeah different horses for different courses (laughs) for sure but uh there's only so much time i guess you can spend on a bike and everyone with the push to do more and more and more i think they are actually looking outside the square for that more you know because i mean you spend you know the bike racing now is all between i guess four and six hours more around that three to four because for excitement i mean you guys know covering races it's so much more exciting covering a three to four hour action packed stage in a six hour <laughs> march through through central France. So I guess at the moment you'd be happy to cover anything, but um... <laughs> we will I'll cover an egg and spoon race. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Actually, <laughs> my kids cool. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so cross training thing. I think, um, you know, filling in the extra hours of the day with some cross training is without a doubt becoming more popular. And if I've had a part in that, then that's fantastic. To, to finish this podcast, um, what can we wish you for this year? You know, what, what is your dream? What, what, if you can pick anything from the hat, what would you pick? Yeah, I mean, I, I just wish for a safe return to the Peloton for everyone. Um, but, you know, I guess personally, if I, if I could look at personal goals, um, I'd love to make the Worlds. You know, representing my country is a, is a huge thing for me, um, a massive thing. And, and that was the first thing I thought of when, uh, when this lockdown happened and, and then even looking ahead to the Olympics next year, you know, I know what is required. I know where they're looking. And, um, and then I'd love to do another, you know, grand tour. I'd love to do the tour of Spain. I live here in Andorra. So it'd be great to do, to do that now that, you know, we're well and truly established here. And then, you know, the, 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 and amongst all that, I'd love to win an Ironman. You know, I really want to be able to prove that I can do both sports at the highest level. And, and, uh, and then of course, Kona next time whenever that happens um, you know improve on my fifth place you know try and get on that podium try and win the thing so you know that that for me is the the big thing just uh, prove that this isn't a joke and um, prove that I can you know can be competitive at the the highest level of two two separate sports that's that's what I want actually I like I've got one more question uh, which I forgot to ask but uh you're very accustomed to the US the training scene in the US the sporting scene in the US we know what's happening right now with the COVID-19 and coronavirus. I mean, are you still in link with the guys? And do you know how are they surviving in terms of the sport over there? Because it's, the situation is a bit complex. Yeah, well, for starters, the bike industry is going berserk. I mean, you, you cannot buy a bike. They're, they're, I mean, they're empty. I mean, they're <laughs> sold out. And That's a global phenomenon, that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well... That's it. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about one of the positives that's come out of this. But then you've also got, 
you know, Mr. Trump doing his things with tariffs and whatever. So it makes them hard to actually get more in for people to buy. Um, so, um, yeah, so as far as the interest in the sport, yeah, I mean, the, the racing side of it is uh, is pretty much dead. All the guys, though, I believe that need to be back in Europe are here now. So um, they all managed to get out before the before the deadline. It's funny how they give people all that warning. <laughs> you wonder what moves. <laughs> it was like even Melbourne. They, they said, oh, yeah, two days' time from midnight, we'll be locked down. And, you know, my mate Daffy Reynolds has said, oh, yeah, I'm off to my mum's house, <laughs> you know, wherever. <laughs> you know, he lives on St Kilda Road and he's out of there, you know, to drive his supercar. And, you we know, missed it. Take, I somehow missed it. Here? I had a day yeah. and a half and I'm still here. Oh, you <laughs> missed something it. wrong. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I couldn't because I was in personal confinement for overlap with the state confinement so i'm done yeah well that's that sucks but no i mean in the us i mean people i think at the moment are loving riding their bikes um so and loving the fact that more people are out there there's less cars on the road i mean that's a big problem in the us is the is the public i mean the whole lance thing you saw this you know thing in cycling and everyone knew what cycling was and then obviously everyone hated it um because of what how that all played out and so that would would definitely spill into the you know the motorists on the road there. You know, you generally can feel quite unsafe in a lot of areas. So I know all so my friends saying, in LA. Are you saying um, Lance is a dirtbag? Searching <laughs> <laughs> for a headline here. Good job. I'm good job. Lance incites a lot of dirtbags spite <laughs> <laughs> towards cyclists, and uh, particularly in Los Angeles, so um, where where I spend a lot of time cycling. So. Uh, yeah, as far as as far as that goes, you know, the sport there. And and who knows? I mean, it could be a positive for cycling in the US in the future. I mean, they've had great races there, California, Colorado, obviously Utah. And there's definitely room for a hell of a lot more there. Um, so it could be something that after all this is done, it could be something that has a bit of a revival, which would be which would be great. Um, there's a huge amount of resources there and, and there's a very passionate cycling community. So um yeah, I'm always trying to look on the bright side of things. I'm always pretty positive. So, uh, you know, you'd like to think there's a silver lining from all of this in on a range of fronts because obviously yeah. there needs to be quite a lot of silver linings at the end of all this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. It was, uh, it was brilliant talking to you. Thank you for your time. I know it's relatively early in, in Endora and then you've got probably baby uh, on the side calling you or something. So thank you. Thank you, Ken. No, he's, he's good. He's well trained. He, he sleeps. He gets told when he's allowed to wake up and, yeah. Good. Tra <laughs> training from the start. <laughs> training from the start. <laughs> Thanks. He's already training. He's 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 going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Cam. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au/cyclingcentral or log a ride with our friend at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.